point your hands this way towards Bishop Johnson. You did it already earlier today. Bishop, these sheep love you. They honor you. Their ears are open to hear the word of the Lord. And not only that, but they have legs to go do it. They have been inspired today by one that hasn't been here in a while. But today, we unite and we say, Lord, speak through our bishop. Do you say that? I want to, yes. You want to hear what God has to say. I need you to get your instruments out so that you can take notes. I need you to hear this word today, not just with your ear, but with your heart, and then let it transform to your legs, amen? And you say, I will do it. Would you clap your hands and thank God for Bishop Glenn John. If you love him, I mean really, if you love him, then how about an applause worthy of his name? How about a shout worthy of his name? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. If you're, if you're in your place, turn and uh, grab somebody. Well, don't grab them. Hug somebody near you, okay? and tell them it's promotion time. Tell them it's time for your promotion. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All God's people said amen. I wanted to deliver this to you before we all take a new and a fresh step. Now I'm watching folks, I'm, I'm, I think our young people are going to their place, right? Good, all right. Um, I want to, uh, I want to deliver this so that you can walk, begin to walk in your promotion. In fact, the reason why I'm hesitating in receiving uh, anything from you today is because I want you to have the right mindset so that when you worship God the way we're going to worship him in a moment that it will result in a tangible notable promotion and increase from the Lord how many of you are ready for an increase and a promotion. Raise your hand if you are. If you don't, raise your hand just to look at them like, mm-hmm. Tell them, they're not raising their hand, tell them I'll take yours. <laughs> My Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for instruction, revelation, and understanding. Thank you for helping us to see, understand, your way, your will. Lord, give us the courage to receive the promotion and increase that you have waiting for us. Deliver us from the philosophies of men. Deliver us from bad theology. Deliver us from unbiblical truth. 
Wash us from thinking that's not like yours. Remove fear from us. And in the name of Jesus, conquer every form of greed in our life that keeps us from achieving what you want us to achieve. I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said amen. We've been talking about the way of the Lord and we've been talking about the ways of God. And we've been talking about the fear of the Lord. And in talking about that, last week I, I, I had a hesitancy. I told you I fired that long-winded preacher. I fired him last week. Clap your hands if you believe with me. I got one person. Thank you, Toya. Thank you. God bless you. I got two people that believe that the long-winded preacher is fired. And you're so kind. I mean, you'll sit here and you listen. I, I, I'll try again. I fired that long-winded preacher last week. Week before last. And, uh, but, but what I really am more interested in is content as opposed to longevity. So I, I'm asking the Lord to help me give, this, give you this content in a way that it impacts you. You can see it, because of ignorance, God's people are in bondage because of ignorance. And ignorance breeds rebellion. And rebellion stays the hand of God. The hand of God's blessing. The whole church, not only around the world, but specifically in the United States, We've been suffering with we've been suffering with the lack. Not that, not that we don't have anything, but we've, we have not walked into what God really wants us to have because of our rebellion, because of our ignorance, because of liars because of those who have distorted the truth, because of those who are stingy, because of those who are afraid. And, and the Lord is looking, can you, can you imagine God promising what he would do with the whole people, giving them everything they needed for his blessing? This is the exact picture we get that we began looking at two weeks ago when God delivered them out of Egypt. Because they were slaves. And I said something to you that many of you were looking at me like I'd lost my mind when I said the slaves were just as sinful as the slavers. It wasn't because they were so good that God delivered them. God did not deliver them because of their goodness. He delivered them because of his grace and his love. It is unrighteous to enslave anybody or anything. It's one of the things that God hates. But because you are a victim of slavery doesn't mean you're righteous. Lord have mercy. And when God delivered them, there was as much ignorance and sin in the, in the, in the camp of Israel as there was 
in Egypt. And you, you know the story. I keep rehearsing because I want you to make the connection. Because with, that, with a strong arm and an outstretched hand, God literally took over a nation and set them free. In the beginning of Exodus, it says, the more Egypt afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. So no matter how much restrictions were upon them, they couldn't stop their multiplication. But who cares if you multiply, you just have more bondage, more sickness, less freedom. You're owned by someone, controlled by someone, enslaved. There's nothing worse than the condition of slavery. And please don't get it twisted. All over the world, slavery has been practiced. It's not just these United States. Somebody say, man, that knows their history. And for some of you that don't remember and have never had world history, it was the continent of Africa and blacks who were some of the first slavers. I can't get no amens because you just don't know your history. This is not about color. Look at your neighbor and say, this is not about color. When God set them free, he did it in a very specific way. Ways which they had never known. He told everybody, listen, I want you to get everybody in the house, talking to the slaves, get everybody in the house. This is the third week I've been talking about this. Somebody's going to get it. Get everybody in the house and get a lamb and, and, and take the lamb from the lambs you have for your food. Take that lamb, take an, a young, an innocent lamb. For a couple of weeks, I want you to feed it a, a certain thing so it's purified. And then I want you to take that lamb, innocent lamb. Can you imagine? You remember that song? Mary, Mary. I'm trying to get you a good Mary had a little, little, Mary had a, his fleece was, yeah, 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 that's the other part. But the issue, I'm, I'm not there yet, sweet, I'm getting there. But the, the, what, can you imagine, that's her little toy lamb, and dad one day says, give me your lamb. I say, yeah, daddy, yeah. And, and dad takes the lamb, strokes the lamb, he lifts his neck, and he slits his throat. And the blood runs everywhere. And he makes sure the blood runs in the basin. Collects the blood bleeding from this innocent lamb. Then begins to prepare this lamb to eat, to roast it with bitter herbs to eat it. And the substance, the life of the lamb is in the basin. And the bush called hyssop is dipped in the blood and put on the doorpost and put on the lintel. And if you look at that, I told you three weeks ago, if you, blood here, blood here, blood here, it forms a cross. Then God from heaven, what comes from heaven is death and destruction and judgment. But that death, destruction, and judgment are for all those who do not measure up to God's, who do not measure up to God's picture of protection. And the, and the death angel is released all over the land, not just Egypt, over Goshen as well. 
And by the way, those of you that are hearing me today, those of you watching me online, we are about to have another visitation in this nation. And somebody's house had better have blood. And I'm not talking about the physical blood of a lamb. And God said, get all, those, get, get all of, get everybody in the house. If your house is too small for a lamb, get in somebody else's house. I think that's a real word right now because many of us are not connected to anybody. And we don't have the application of his blood in our life. And by the way, this is that time, saints, for you and I to learn how to apply the blood of the Lamb of God to our life, to protect us, to promote us. And we are getting the picture played over again, even in our nation. And that day when judgment came forth, there was screaming and wailing in Egypt like you have never heard. And the Bible says you will not hear again. Everybody who had blood on their door in the house was saved from the wrath and the destruction of God and the death of God. But those that did not have the blood went out. It's the love of God that provides the lamb. It's the love of God who is also judgment over what is unrighteous. By the way, if you are a believer, you cannot love everything. Would you please tell your brother, your sister what I said? If you are a believer, don't talk to me about love, love, love. No, if you are a believer, there's some things you, there's some things you love and that by the virtue of that love, there's some things you must hate. Part of the problem we're dealing with today is we don't hate what God hates and we don't love what God loves. That's the lack of the fear of the Lord. That's what the fear of the Lord is. I love what you love, Lord, and I hate what you hate. We are, we are a bit confused about this. We have listened too, too long to folks who do not understand the scripture and certainly have not heard from heaven and put upon you who are called believers a sign that says you're supposed to love everybody. God loves everybody and will judge those who don't love him. What? God loved Egypt. God didn't hate Egypt. Hate that spirit that was controlling them. God did, but they made a decision. Pharaoh made a decision. Who is God? Please. <laughs> so, when the death angel was released and judgment came forth, judgment came forth to every person, to every house, to all of the families. And only those who had received the blood were saved. When it was time, Moses gave the word to the people and they broke out those houses. They were already dressed. They had already eaten that lamb. So they already had in them what they needed to sustain them for the journey that they were about to take, for which they had no knowledge at all. But they just knew they're getting out of here. I'm going to tell you something. If you've been in bondage all your life, you, you, like, like, like the prisoners who are on death row who were pardoned and didn't know they were pardoned, 
<laughs> the pardon came through, and they didn't have to be executed. And they, and they didn't know they were pardoned. They still in jail waiting to be executed. And, and, and the, the, same, the attitude of death is still on them. They don't know that they have been pardoned and signed by the governor. Until they come by and they announce to them, you have been pardoned, and they open the jail and they have to come out. Some of those folk can't hardly believe it. I believe Israel was somewhat like that when Moses said, let's go, let's go. Man, some, some of them, and they proved it when they got in the desert, they were so used to being in slavery, freedom was frightening to them. If you follow through with the, the actions of God's people in the desert, you'll see that they were afraid of the freedom. Because freedom entails responsibility. Freedom means you owe God something. Freedom means there's a, there, there is, a, a, there is a, an edict, uh, there is a price, there is a demand on your life. Freedom is not defined by doing whatever we want. Freedom is always defined by doing what we ought. And when God set them free, they went into the desert. They didn't know where they were going. They just followed Moses. And God says something about that generation. By the way, what God's plan was, it would have taken 40 days 40 days to get from where their bondage into the promise that God promised them. 40 days. It took them 40 years. The distance was 40 days, but their heart condition was 40 years. And some of them never did go in. They were out of slavery, but they weren't into the freedom God wants. We're dealing with that right now. One thing for you to have accepted that blood has been shed for your life and that salvation is yours by faith in him. But it's another thing for you to begin to walk in the, the way God wants you to walk because you know him. Like you know your mama, you know your daddy. There's certain things they, you understand, there's certain things you could not do. Some things you better not do. How many of you can remember some things you better not do? I thought you better not do. Raise your hand if you know any of those things. Look at your neighbor. Tell them one thing that you knew if you did it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's some things that, that my father had away. What if, for example, if, if, if in our house, if, if my father heard that we were fighting each other, oh, Lord, we're going to die. If, if my father heard that we had hurt our sister, ooh, ooh, ooh. and if my daddy heard that we were disobedient to our mother, oh my God. Have you seen that TikTok commercial when the father comes in the door and he said, I uh, heard you pushed your mama? Raise your hand if you've seen that one on TikTok. And then and they said, well, uh, sir, the office goes, boom, 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 boom. That's kind of the way it was in our house. They're out of Egypt, and they're in the desert, but they're not in the promise. They're out of Egypt, but they're not in the promise. Not what God really wanted for them. Not just to take your chains off, 
Not just to set you free from your personal inner bondages. That was not the will of God completely. Yes, to get you out, but his real will was to get you into everything he wanted. To take you out of the bondage of a lack of responsibility. <laughs> Where every, your slavers fed you. In fact, one of the problems they had when they were in the desert, remember, there was no food growing in the desert, no water, so they had to strike the rock to get the water out. They had to believe for that. And then there was no food, so they had to believe. They didn't take no food with them. They only ate the food they had. So God opened up heaven and let manna fall down from heaven. So God gave them manna from heaven, gave them water from the rock. Their shoes did not wear out. Their clothes were a perpetual holy, I mean holy. They were holy, holeless. <laughs> Moth didn't eat it. They didn't wear out. Can you imagine? 40 years. Come on. 40 years. He took care of them, but he couldn't trust them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Before they went out, they got gold. gold. They had gold. In fact, they pillaged, uh, uh, they pillaged, pillaged Egypt. E they went from house to house and collected 400 years of wages. Lord have mercy, Jesus. I said, I didn't say 40, I said 400 years of, they collected 400 years of, of, of wages. And, 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 and the Egyptians were so sick of them because all their systems had been destroyed. They went in their house, got their jewels and gold, and threw it and said, get out, get out, get out, take it, go. And I need you to know when God saved you, when God delivered you, he also made sure you could have everything you needed to fulfill his will. But we got a problem, Houston. What's the problem? What well, a problem is we got out and now we're in the desert and now we're moaning and we're, and we're bickering and we're complaining. And we're not disciplined. And we, won't, we don't want to follow no orders. We want to go back to what it was. We got out here and we, and, and we discovered that freedom was overrated. They want, some of them said, we want to go back to Egypt. It was horrible. Moses is trying to get the, uh, the, the law of the Lord from the Lord to give to the people. He's on the mountain, the people down there. And they didn't know what to do, so they went back to acting like they used to act. How many of you were saved? And then you got, you know, you got, <clears throat> you, got you, you, you slipped back. That, I, used to, I think they used to call it backsliding. And you, you, you went back to, you know, you went back to where you was, and you, you start doing the stuff. Anybody, can anybody... Are you big enough to admit, raise your hands, you can help somebody else? Yeah, you know, went back there. And, and when you went back there, and it wasn't, what, it wasn't what you thought it was. It's exactly what Israel did on their journey from delivery from slavery into the very purpose and promise of God. I'm telling you this because there are believers who have received Jesus Christ, but they have not come into everything God wants. So I gave you that verse of scripture, Hebrews chapter 3. Ken, it's Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have that one? In Hebrews chapter 3, he said, I, I loathed 
That's a pretty strong word. You know, loathe, if you loathe something, somebody tell me what loathe means. I hate that thing. Despise makes me sick. I, I've never, I, by the way, I've never read in the scripture anywhere else. There's a mention of this in Psalms, the same verse. But there's never, that God ever said that. But God, he said, I, I loathe that generation. They do always error in their heart. Did I give them the right scripture to you? They do always error. It's Hebrews 3, 8 through 11. Do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart as when they provoked me as in the day of, of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tried me or tested, they tested me. By the way, you don't want to test God. Really, you don't, really. Seriously, you don't want to, is, testing God is when you know the truth, but you're trying to make him show you anyway. So you don't do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you, you don't want to do it. So he, he said, they, they, this generation, they tested me, they tried me, and saw my works for how many years, saints? 40 years. Therefore, I was what? I was angry with that generation, and I said, they always do what? They go astray where? Where? In the heart. What is the key to the heart? What you hear, what you see. All your gates are the keys to your heart. How you think, what you, what you choose to believe. They, they err in their, they go astray. They err in their heart. They don't know my, look at your neighbor. Do you know the ways of the Lord? Didn't say ways, it ways. Do you know the ways of the Lord? They don't know my ways. And I swore, here's the Lord, said I swore in my way. Okay, I love you. I didn't destroy you, but you're not going to enter in what I have for you. Are, you. are you reading the same verse I'm reading? The Lord began to talk to me about this because it's, so, it's, such, an amazing, it's such an amazing word if you, if, you, if, you, if you have a heart to receive it. God said, no, I have something for you so awesome. But you can't, you can't walk in it. I can't let you do that. In fact, one of the reasons why many of us have not gone forward, God cannot afford to put on you what he really wants to put on you because your heart's not right. Why would God want to destroy you with the very things he wants to bless you with? He told that generation, he said, you guys, I got you out, and, and, and I got you out, and they came out with their children. Now, they stayed in the, in the desert how long? I'm going to make this assumption. For 40 years, you're in the desert, and you have family. They still having babies. Hello, somebody. So that means that the oldest, at, if they had a, a, a young child just got born when they got out of Egypt, wasn't a year old yet, that, it, that when that child turned 40, hello, God began to, his, his judgment was coming forth on the previous generation. So they didn't get to go into the land. In fact, you, you, some of you know the story. When they were about to go into the land to take the land, they sent some spies in the land to see what it was like. And the 12 spies came back and said, 
Whoa! Did you see the size? Did you see the size of them boogers? Did you see how big they were? Some of them came back and brought fruit from the land that they had to put on staff to hold it up. There was, was so much of it. So, and they would say, oh my God, oh my God, look what we're gonna, look what we're gonna have. And 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 they were excited, but the others were saying, Man, did you see those guys? Did you see those guys? Did you see what we have to do? You're not a slave anymore. Now you have to take responsibility. And what I promise you, you have to do something about it. You got to participate with this miracle. We don't want to participate. When we was in Egypt, they bought us everything we needed. When we was a slave, we didn't have, we was on welfare. We don't want to go to work. Why should we go to work? Because when we got, I can just go to the government and just give me a check. That's why I keep voting the way I keep voting because I want to keep the people in power that keep the check coming. And when they don't come, I'm going to blame it on my skin color. Somebody need to help me right now. I think it's Black History Month. No, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up now. Now, we don't want to mess. We don't want to, we don't want to tip over the apple cart. We're getting this check free every month. Well, you can have a check, but you can't get married. What? Yeah, you can have a check, but you can't get married. So, well, I got needs, so I can't get married. And, and I, I love God. Uh, I can't get, I love God, but I can't get married without my check. So if I'm going to get my check, I love God. But I, if I'm going to get my check, you know, I can't get married. But I got needs. Ain't nobody, talk, ain't nobody talking to me. And I found out the more babies I have, the bigger my money. Until I got one generation, another generation, a third, a fourth, a fifth generation living on welfare checks instead of the promise, living on welfare checks instead of the responsibility. That's the whole thing the slave deal was talking about. You know, you gave us water on the rock. You gave us food from heaven. They gave us garlic and leeks back there in slavery. And now I got to go to work. Give me a break. And frankly, we don't have anything different today. God wants and will, by the way, please get it. He will have a people that makes his name great. He will have a people that do great exploits. He will have a people that will, that will show forth the kingdom of God in the earth. He will have a people that will become the true ecclesia, the true church. He will have a people that when you look at them, you're going to see him. He will have a people that reflect his nature, his glory, his image. They, he will have it. You got to decide whether you're going to be part of that or not. Or whether you're going to go back to the welfare crowd that dies in the desert. You got everything taken care of your basic needs but you can't do nothing else because you're not willing to take on any other responsibility you don't know his ways 
of anything that God Almighty is doing for the body of Christ right now is revealing the way he is. Because if you know the way he is, you will worship him the way you should. When you don't know the, his ways, you don't worship him like you should. You, re, you relinquish and you relish worship to the singing of songs, raising of your hands, clapping of your hands, and giving him a shout. Oh, I forgot. A dance. Give me a break. The slaves were dancing in the desert. They took all their gold, made a golden calf, and they were dancing, they were dancing around the gold. We are now in a season where God is saying enough is enough. And the whole nation has come under judgment because the church has not been the church. This morning, I believe God will give us an opportunity to make those steps that we become what he says we really are. One thing you want to do, you want to know his ways. If you don't know his ways, if you're ignorant of his wave, ways, then how can God, how can God get glory from a people? Listen, think, think about it, parents. How do parents get glory from children that don't act the way they taught them? Or they get famous, they get infamous. When children do not do, walk in the way of their parents, it's, it, and the parents have taught them the right way and children don't walk in that it brings shame on their name is that not what we're dealing with now in this nation we have a generation that cares nothing about God and nothing about you let alone care about their parents and it's not their fault initially it's our fault because we have not upheld the way of the Lord We've not feared his name and we've not learned his ways. So this morning, before we leave, I'm going to give you one of the ways of God for financial increase and security. It's the way he is. When you find out God's way, and you walk in the way, then you understand why. God does not always tell you why. Lord, help us, please. Like your mother and your father, when they were teaching you, did not explain everything to you. They weren't supposed to explain. I, I don't know what kind of parenting we got going on in this nation right now. Johnny, three years old. Now, little Johnny, because I want you to have the right self-image, I want you to be sure that you... What? What? You give them an order, you expect them to do it. When you say, come here, that's exactly what I mean. I don't mean go there. That means come here. I wish I could get somebody to help me right now. I ain't got time to tell you why to come here. Just come here. And I'm not calling you three times. Somebody got to help me today because... I, I think God in heaven is saying, I didn't call you 25 times and you still haven't responded to what I told you to do. 
because we don't know his ways. Now, parents are supposed to have with the disobedient of their ways some kind of discipline. That's what discipline is supposed to be. Discipline is supposed to get you in the way. And when you get in the way, then you get safe. But if you get out of the way, you're going to get killed. Hello, somebody. Killed early. Amen. So when he said, come here, you know, you, you, you're about, why? Why? I don't want to. You don't want to. Excuse me. The command should be evaluated by the person who's given it. And if you understand who's given the command, you ain't got time to, I mean, you, if you understand who's given the command, then you, you're looking around and say, well, you know what? Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm 20 plus one, you know. I'm a grown amen. I'm a grown amen woman. I wish somebody could help me today. Because this is what we're suffering with right now. So God's speaking to his people and they're talking about uh-huh. Right. So when, when God's people do not listen, there are always repercussions for not listening. Because God does not give you commands and directions for no reason at all. He's just not obligated to tell you those reasons. In fact, the way God works, this is one of his ways. When he tells you to do something, once you do it, then you understand it. I'm sorry that that bothers you. But I'm going to try that one more time. That's the way God works. That's one of his ways. He tells you what to do. You clear? You, yeah, did you hear that? Yes. When I said left, I said left. I didn't say behind. I didn't say around. I meant left. I didn't mean right. I didn't mean south left. I said right. So if God says go right, hello, and you're going left, either you didn't hear or there's something wrong with your brain. If that's the case, God knows how to correct that. By the way, when God speaks to you, he knows how to speak to crazy. So, you know, he knows exactly what some of you, some of you, when, when, you know, God, some people don't respond unless you get a little profanity in it. Amen. And then you say, oh, oh yeah, I understand what you mean. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to help you. Let me get to it. Keep me straight, Tiff. So, look. When you don't understand the way God operates, then you operate in ignorance. You operate in presumption. You operate out of your feelings. You operate out of your intellect alone. You operate out of your own earthly wisdom. Now, when God gives commands and directions, it's because he has a desired end he wants to accomplish. He knows how to get you there. He knows how to get you there. And he will not always give you all the ins and outs. Today, I'll just give you one little principle. And, 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 and you may not understand, the more you study it, or the more you, actually, that's, that's not the right way to say it. The more you obey it, the more you will see why. Thank you, sweetheart. I was looking for the verse. I couldn't remember what it was. It's obedience that brings understanding. Understanding does not actually bring obedience. When you, when you obey, then you understand the doctrine. That's what the Bible says. When you obey. Well, why should I obey? Consider the one who's giving you the order. Almighty God said, put blood on the door. And you're going to act like, well, I ain't got to put no blood on my door. Are you crazy? 
Almighty God said, eat all the lamb. He said, well, I, ain't, I, don't, I'm, I had enough right now. I don't need to eat no more. Almighty God said, put your clothes on and get your traveling clothes on. You got to travel. Well, I don't feel like packing. Well, what you talking about? Now, they're in the wilderness. They're at the edge of their destiny to come into it. The Bible says, the manna stops. Ain't no more water out the rock. All that ceases. They got to go across the Red Sea into their promise. But when they get in there, now you got to plant, you got to uproot, you got to build, you got to sow, you got to take, you got to shear animals, you, 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 got, you got work to do. And he promises you that you're going to be full and overflowing. But you got work. Look at your neighbor and say, we, still, we got some work to do. They said, we ain't going in there. You see how big it is? You see how big it was? We ain't going in there. Oh, no, we ain't going. Like, you know, excuse me. Pardon me. God said, take the, people, take, take the people across and begin to conquer the land. They said, no, we're, they're talking to God. No, we ain't going. Actually, they're talking to Moses. God told Moses what to say. They've been watching that the whole time. Now Moses, time for us to go across. They said, no, we're not going. And I, I, I'm so sorry, but that's the way I feel about much of the body of Christ right now when God says, here's, here's your assignment, here's what I want you to do. And they said, well, shoot, I ain't, ain't going to get in no politics. I don't want to be in management. It's too much responsibility. Just keep my welfare check coming. I don't want to buy a house. I'll stay in these old nasty apartments. I don't want to move out the neighborhood. I, I want my kids to go to screwed up school, schools taught by screwed up teachers. I don't want to move out the black community. Ain't no way else black enough for me. With your crazy self. Some of y'all got your arms crossed. We got a problem up in here today. I don't want to come into the greatness that you, that you have prophesied. I don't want to come into the word of the Lord you spoke. I don't want to do it because it's too much more responsible. It'll make me more responsible. Yeah, that's exactly right. You have to, you have to choose not to be a baby anymore. 45 years old, still sucking on the tit for milk. Have you lost your mind? God is wanting you to grow up. Tell your neighbor, grow up, grow up. Why am I talking this way to you? Because there's a spirit that has settled over the body of Christ that wants us to settle right where we are. We don't really care about any more advancement. We just want our check. We want our lifestyle to stay the same way it is. And God is saying something different to us. One way, so give it to him, Flint, so you can go on home. So the Lord, he told them before they left Egypt, he told them before they went into the land, he gave them instruction what to do because they were not an economic power. They were a people enslaved. They had no order. They had no government. 
How do you form a nation? You don't have government. What you see in the wilderness is when God's getting them in order, family by family, tribe by tribe, then gave them the law. Bring those people here, Moses, to this mountain where they can worship me. And the first thing God does, he gives them his law. This is how you act. Because y'all don't know how to act. I'm trying to help y'all right now, okay? You don't know how to act. You don't know how to treat each other. You don't, you don't have no sexual boundaries. Lord, help me today. You don't know how to be fathers and mothers. and You don't know how to be family. You, you don't know none of that. You're just slaves. You're just somebody's tool. But when my deliverance comes, the first thing I do, I give you order. I give you, I give you order. I give you authority. I give you position. I give you understanding of your responsibility. And the law is about God putting his culture in them. So, so men don't marry the men. Lord, help me today. Help me today. Women don't marry the women. Brothers, do not sleep with your sisters. Fathers, do not molest your children. Husbands, be faithful to your wives. God gives them the law. The Ten Commandments is God's principles, ways, handed down to them to know how they ought to live, survive, and thrive. We ain't going in there, Lord. We ain't going in there. We got to fight. No, we ain't going in there. By the way, when God gives you his laws and gives you his understanding of his ways and his kingdom, you, you still got to tap your neighbor. So you still got to go to war. Tap your neighbor. So you still got to go to war. I don't care. It's just like, it's just what it is. But you still got to go to war, babe. You can't. Uh, you can't. And all of y'all running from the war, you, you really slaves. If you're running from the war, you, you, you got slave all over your back. If you're running from the fight, you run. You, the reason why you're running from the fight, because first of all, you don't understand that you don't get to have victory unless you get in the fight. And so, so if you, since you don't know your God that way, you don't know his ways, you don't know anybody who fights for him, he all, you always triumph because you're doing what he wants you to do the way he wants you to do it. So he guarantees your victory. So we don't want to go in there. We don't want to go in there. Well, we got problems because Moses is done. Joshua knows it's his time. He has the way, he has the, he has the law of God, the principles. He's got them because he was there when God gave them to Moses. So he knew. And I told you three weeks ago, he's about to go take the first city of the land because all that generation has said no, God gave them their request. He did not, he, he did not, he wasn't cruel to them. He was, God wasn't mean to them. He loved that generation in, in, in the sense of their value and worth. But he loathed the way they, they treated him. And so, he, but he, in loving them, he said, your, your kids are going to go in, but you can't go in. You should read that whole third chapter of Hebrews when you get home. It will blow your mind. 
The very things that God listed against them are the very things that we're dealing with right now. And when they were not faithful to my way, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not carry out my mission. I couldn't make my name great. I, I couldn't do it. I, I've already restricted myself to becoming great through the people that I love. And if the people I love don't love me, then my name don't get great. Lord, have mercy. What kind of God do we serve? And they said no. But all the kids saw their daddies and their mamas like some of you sitting in this room today. You saw your mom and your daddy suffered. They were religious. They went to church, but they suffered. They, 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 they called on the name of Jesus. They bucked and shouted. But in their personal private lives, it was a mess. And you are their children. And now it's your turn. You got to decide whether you're going to perpetuate the same old attitude. That old religious thing that, that went to church every week. That's your problem. Tell your neighbor, that's your problem right there. You go to church every week. Instead of being the church, you going to church. And if you can go to church, I mean, you can leave the church. And if you can leave the church, you can have one life in church, another life outside the church. That means you don't understand what the church is. But if you understand that the church is you, then that means everywhere you go, that's where he is. Everywhere you go, you're acting like him. Everywhere you go, you're living like him. Everywhere, everything you do, on your job, in your home, in your school, you, Jesus is right there because you know his way. That's a whole different ball game. You understand what I'm telling you? If you get that, then you better know every nuance of the way God wants us to act. Now, God, because he's great, his people must be among the people, the greatest. We're not the greatest because we're black. We're not the greatest because we're from Africa. We're not the greatest because we got big lips and can sing. We're not the greatest because we got big butts and can dance. That's not why we are great. The only way you can be great is when the God who is great is living inside of you. And when that's not happening, you ain't great, baby. It don't matter. In fact, I don't care how many MBA scholarships you got. You just have a, a rich, trashy life. And everybody knows it because it's on, it's on social media. God has always made it clear that there's a difference between a distance and a difference between his people and the people of the world. And like salt, we are among the bloody beef. Like seasoning, we're on, we, we all over the vegetables. And how will they know the difference between the way of the world and the way of the Lord? I promise you, it ain't because of what you got on, that's for sure. So I'll give it this, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give it to you, but y'all have been resisting me, so I, I can't get to it, but I'll get, I'll get to it. Help me, I'll get I'll get to it. So the Lord said, now, now before you go in the land, I got to teach you my economics because your economics before was welfare. And, I, and the, kingdom, no, the kingdom is not on welfare. Oh, Lord, help me today, please. In, the, in my kingdom, it's not on welfare. I said my kingdom don't run on welfare. 
somebody had misunderstood the, the, the benevolence of God. The kingdom of God does not run on welfare. The kingdom of God does not run on somebody cutting you a check every month and all you got to do is spend it. And you don't even have to account for it. You don't have to pay taxes on it. Lord, help me today. That's not the kingdom of God. God has an economy. And in that economy is responsibility. In that economy is work and productivity. In that economy is the skills and the gifts that God put in you that you might that you might earn, that you might live and live abundantly and magnify him. And no, it's not the same. We're not talking about socialism. We're not talking about everybody getting the same paycheck. No, that's not the way the kingdom works. You get paid according to your gifting. You get paid according to your faithfulness. You get paid according to your creativity. You get paid according to how many problems you solve. And the bigger the problem, the bigger the paycheck. And that's the kingdom of God. God takes you like you are. What's in you develops what's in you. And you become great according to how God has made you. Every single person is responsible to become the best at what they do. Without jealousy. Lord, help me without jealousy against your neighbor because they wearing Gucci's and you wearing what's that, what's that store that has the knockoffs you wear Zara <laughs> sure I'm talking about Zara I got some stuff I got some Zara stuff <laughs> that stuff be looking so good you can't tell the difference man you anybody know what I'm talking about I'm going to pay a tenth of what it costs on the wire. Yeah, I ain't going to Gucci I'm going right over there and get that hoodie that hoodie that looked like the same material Lord have mercy in fact, I went to China. I went to China and saw how they be knocking off stuff. Give me the knockoffs. Oh, sorry for that diversion. It's, it's too tempting. <laughs> the truth is, God makes you responsible. And you, 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 have, you have the possibility of educating yourself and you don't take it. Don't blame God. You have the opportunity to get a promotion, but you don't want nobody looking at you sideways, so you don't want to be a part of management. Are you crazy? You want to live better? Well, how are you going to make more money? Well, you got this little side thing on the, yeah. And what if your side thing is just pleasing to God? In God's kingdom, everything that you earn will be by right. Because the foundation of his throne, the foundation of his kingdom is righteousness. So everything you make, you did it right. You didn't lie, cheat, steal. You did it right. God's favors on it. You take that paycheck home with no sorrow. You invest that pay paycheck. You spend that paycheck. And that's what I want to get to right now. What you do with what God makes. Some of you don't need to be that happy because you could be making three and four times what you're making right now. But your heart ain't right. Your heart's not right. Because you, oh, Lord have mercy. You know, lazy, po lazy people. That's what, that was a problem with the slaves. They're forced to work, so they're lazy. You got people lazy, you got to force them to work. When they're inspired, you got to tell them to go home. In the kingdom, we're inspired. You got to tell us to go home. 
No, you know why? Because we're doing what we love, and God has so blessed us that we can do what we love and get paid for it. It's a beautiful thing. That's, whole, that's different than going to a slave. We even call our job a slave. Uh, what, what's wrong with you? Maybe you're, not in, maybe you're not in the right lane. Maybe you're not in the right profession. Maybe you're doing something that God didn't really, didn't really gift you to do. And you're mad because everybody else is getting ahead and you're not. So, you know, you, you know, you're frustrated. So, you go on down to the hemp shop and get you some, some. Yeah, Lord, help me today. <laughs> talking about, talking about, it's from the earth. <laughs> Anybody got any milk and cookies? <laughs> you're out your mind. And what God is wanting to do is he's now, he's doing it now, raising up a people that will hear him, that will not downplay him, that will believe him. Don't get mad with God because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't get mad with God because you were too afraid to go take the test. Don't get mad with God because you didn't even show up for the interview. Don't get mad with God because you didn't even inquire about another position that's right there next to you, paying double the money. You already qualified, but you didn't, you didn't, go, you didn't go in because you, you, you suffered from rejection. I'm talking to somebody today. So I'm going to talk to you now like okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to earn. I'm going to walk in what I can earn. And by the way, saints, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to drive a Rolls Royce. You don't have to drive a Rolls Royce to be fulfilled. Some of you, that's where you are. You need that Rolls Royce. And, and that ain't no big thing to God. It's just that what you, what you did to get there is what you got to do to stay there. I'm sorry. I wish, I wish somebody could help me right now. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I try to tell you. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his what? One more time. My God shall what? Supply all of what? Question who determines your needs. Now it comes down to ability, motivation. So I'm going to talk to you like you're after your motivation. What do you do? How do you secure? How do you get out of the rut you're in? How do you leave the slave mentality? Number one, take, um, take account. Number one, write it down. Take account of what you earn. You know, some people don't even know how much money they make. They say, well, I make about $1,000 a month. No, you make $1,500, but they kept five in the taxes. And you didn't even find out what you could do to get more of the tax dollars back. So you got to take account of what you earn. Most people don't know. They just know they made a little paycheck. No, how much money has God entrusted to you in a year's time? What is it? What, how much money? 20000 What is that? 50000 What is that? 70 What is it? $120,000? However much? What do, what do you? Write it down. How much do I make? Some people do not know. So how in the world, if you don't even know how much you make, how in the world are you going to increase? How in the world is God going to entrust you with more? Are you guys all right? You find out how much you make. And then you break it down to how much you get, how many paychecks you get a month. Are you breathing? And if you don't like that, you start talking to God, what can I do to increase this? Sometimes it's not more work. Sometimes it's a different kind of work. Hello. 
Some of you, you could function at another level, but you don't have the preparedness, the education, or the training. So all it would take is for you to do some double time going to work and getting your training for a specific period of time so that you would qualify to step up into another category. So from eight to five, you you know from from eight to five you make you make a a, a, a living, but from six to ten you make a life. I said from eight to five you make a living, but from six to ten you taking care you doing what needs to be done so you can move up. Look at your name and say move on up. Okay, so what are you gonna do? Then you're going to get a paycheck. You're going to work a certain amount. You're going to do a job or work a certain amount of hours. Then you're going to get a paycheck. Say a paycheck. Look at, hold your hand out and see that paycheck in your hand. Now that paycheck is your test. God Almighty, who gave you the mind, the strength, the ability to make that money. Lord, have mercy. And don't forget. The person who made that money, having given themselves to the Lord, now belongs to God. So if you belong to God, guess what else belongs to God? There ain't nobody talking to me right now. You know, there ain't nobody talking. Ain't nobody responding. If God made you and, you and you love him and he has redeemed you and saved you and got you out of that bloody house and, got, and, and covered you, then guess what? Everything you do, come on, talk to me. So God allows you to handle not what you own, but what you steward. Maybe the first thing you've got to do this morning is look at yourself differently and quit using the word ownership and start using the word, I'm a steward. In the kingdom of God, it's a beautiful word. In fact, it's the word that describes those who in, enjoy the highest degrees of responsibility and privilege. They are stewards. I could preach on about that me and mine. Are you serious? You got the paycheck in your hand. You got that paycheck? I'm going to ask you a question. This will determine whether you know the ways of the Lord. What do you do with that paycheck? Some of y'all say, well, I know what I did with that paycheck because by the time I got that paycheck, I had already. Somebody said, spunt it. Spunt it? Lord have mercy. You need to go back to school, please. <laughs> please. Ebonics. By the way, Ebonics does not work in the kingdom of God. Tell your neighbor what I said. Ebonics does not work. It does not communicate in the kingdom of God. So what are you saying, Bishop? You got a paycheck. Now what you going to do with it? Well, you say, well, I, I already bought this. How'd you buy? You ain't got no paycheck. Well, there are ways and means in our culture that you can buy anything without buying it. What? Okay, you can acquire many things without actually paying for it. Some of y'all say paying for it right now. Some of y'all, that right now never happens. You just, let, you just get the, you fill the card up, keep the stuff, and let the card... Revoke the card. That's, look at your neighbor and say, that's that slave mentality. You think people ought to give you something. You think you got a welfare check. No, no, a credit card. Tell your neighbor, a credit card is not a welfare check. 
You take this, this paycheck you have, and the first thing you do with this paycheck when you get paid is you give him praise. Lift your hands to him. And you give him praise. Because had you not kept me, had you not endowed me, had you not secured me, had you not filled me, had you not, had you not provided for me in other ways, I could not have this paycheck. You kept me from dying. You kept me from, from disease. You kept me from sickness. You kept me from hospitalization. And, and I was able to perform my responsibility. That's why I have this paycheck. See, some of you ain't praising him like you need to praise him. That's one of your problems. Because when you don't praise him, you don't acknowledge him. And when you don't acknowledge him, you can't make his name great. And if you can't make his name great, you don't qualify. You got this paycheck, and, and, and God says, here's what I want you to do with the first of your labors. When, when you get the paycheck, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and learn mathematics. Now, your, dad, your mom and your daddy should have taught you this. We're supposed to teach you this. When you were this tall, they give you a dollar, and they say, now, a dime of that belongs to the Lord. It all belongs to him. But in order for you to keep something and honor him, we give him the first dime. Look at your neighbor and say, do you give him the dime on the dollar? Ask him, do you give him the dime on the dollar? And some of you, have, some of you that's, that's a simple, that is so simple. It's nothing complicated about that. But in your heart, in your heart, in your heart of hearts, if you understand the way of God, then you, it's a big deal in heaven. All the angels in heaven who have the stuff of God are looking to see whether you qualify for the stuff. Look at your neighbor and say, do you qualify for the stuff? It depends on what you did with the dollar. But 10% of that, and, and you say, well, I, don't, I, I thought that was Old Testament. You mean law? Somebody said, well, that was in the law. You know, in the law, we don't do the law no more. Who told you? Who lied to you? Who lied to you? I won't take the time this morning to give you how many scriptures clarify the, the purpose of the law in the New Testament. God did not, tell your neighbor, God did not destroy the law. Tell your neighbor what he said. Just come again. Said God did not remove the law. Tell him God did not ignore the law. Better than that, he fulfilled the law. In fact, his will was that that person sitting in your seat, they would become the law. What do you think God meant? He said, I'm going to write my laws on your heart. Wow. This is part of what salvation is about. So you got this dollar, some of you made it $20, $20,000, however many your paycheck is, a dime a dollar, because you said dime a dollar, so God said a dime a dollar, that belongs to me. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with this dime that you give me first out of this dollar. I'm going to show you what, and by the way, this is not law, this is 500 years before the law was ever given. You still there? Okay, real quick. I'm out of time. I can't say, oh, yeah, we're looking good. Uh, give me seven minutes. Here we go. Here we go. I told you I fired that long-winded preacher. Here we go. Now, look. The first time. Woo-wee. So you write these, write these scriptures down so you can look at them so you know I'm not lying to you. The first time 
you see the principle I didn't say the word, the principle of tithing, I told you last week, it was in the garden. In the garden, God gave them the whole garden, said, I want you to cultivate it and keep it. But there's one little tree of all these trees in the garden. There's one tree, I want you to cultivate it, but I don't want you to eat from it. Lord, help me please right now. It's the principle. You cultivate it, you work it, but you don't eat it. That's what you're doing with the tithe. You work, you, you work, you did what you did. And I hope you're doing something you love. And if you're not, then switch over. Hello? So you love what you do. When you, when you get that paycheck, you're praising them because you know how you got it. Now you, and you, and you want more. Look at your neighbor said, I admit, some of y'all raise your hand right now if you got the courage. Raise your hand and say, Lord, try it again. Lord, I admit. I confess, I want more. Clap your hands to the Lord, amen. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. God's not mad at you because you want more. I said God's not mad at you because you want more. You got that, you got that dime, and, 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 and what did it, that dime represents that tree. Look at you, if that dime represents that tree. Now, you don't want to eat that. You don't want to eat from that. You don't want to personally profit from that the way you think. You don't want to touch that. And that's a principle. Everybody in the household needs to learn that principle. That's a, that first dime belongs to the Lord. And he, he said it belongs to me. That's what he said. So if he said it, guess what? I'm not arguing with God. Are you crazy? Them folk that argued with God in the desert, they never got into their promise. Genesis 14. In Genesis 14, Abraham, this 500 years before, 500 years before the law, Abraham is fighting for his life and the life of his people. And he, 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 he follows God and he goes and he rescues the people. And he brings back all the spoils. And he meets Melchizedek. And you can, look, you can find Melchizedek in, 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 in chapter, in Hebrews. And Melchizedek, who's king of Salem, a type of Jesus. Melchizedek comes in, and Abraham has got all these spoils that he's won. And the first thing he does is he bows down before Melchizedek, and he gives him the tenth. And by the way, Abraham couldn't get the promise of the child. She couldn't get pregnant till he gave the tenth. Read it for yourself. It was that next chapter God visits him and makes the promise sure. But not until Abraham was completely and totally dependent on God. Where did he learn that? We don't find any place where Abraham learned it. So we, 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 we make this assumption because the tenth was practiced way before they went into slavery and way before the law was given. Abraham pays a tenth to Melchizedek. He said, I'm not, uh, the, the king said, well, Abraham, come on, I'm going to bless you. The king said, no, Abraham said, no, I'm not taking nothing from you kings because nobody's going to say that you bless me. My God bless me. Are you there? So everything that belonged to the kings, he gave that to them. And the spoil that he had retained he gave the tenth to the Lord, bowed down and worshiped him. And guess what? Now, Kesedic gave him bread and wine. Oh, what? What? 
Melchizedek served Abraham bread and wine. What is it? The bread represents the flesh. Wine represents the blood. Gave him and he took that. It's, it's, it's a prophetic act of Christ who is king of all. Here Melchizedek, a type of Christ, giving Abraham a type of his life and his blood. As Abraham presents the tenth to him and worships him. Because Abraham knows that everything he's gotten is because of God's protection and direction and providence. Abraham knows the way of the Lord. And it pleases Melchizedek. And you know what? God is pleased with you when you honor his way. And you may not get all of the understanding at first, but I promise you if you'll do it, he will open to you. You'll say, oh my God. And some of you have been have held God suspect because you've read promises but you, and you think you have obeyed, but you haven't yet. I'm sorry, please help me. And, and your lack of obedience is not in the action. Your lack of obedience is in your heart. You're still mad because you're giving God a tenth. And you wouldn't dare give him any more because you don't understand his economy. If you understood, you'd be going, Lord, what you want me to give? That's a whole different ballgame. Tell your neighbor, God does not need your dime. Tell your neighbor, God does not need your dime. You need your dime to be given. God does not need your dime. You need that dime to be given. Why? Because it works faith inside your heart in what God has said. And so I want to tell you right now, the one way is to take care of the dime. Treat that thing, treat that thing like precious gold and platinum. Treat it more precious than rubies and diamonds. Because when you take that tenth, what you're doing is obeying God and you're believing God. That dime does not save you from hell. That dime saves you from hell on earth. Lord, somebody help me right now. That dime saves you from being pillaged. So going home, Flame, going home. So go home. That dime, that dime saves you from all kind of hell. Are you there, saints? That dime opens the windows of heaven. And God said, I'm going to pour out on you. That dime makes the blessing, God's blessing, come on you. That dime, God himself rebukes the devourer over your stuff. Some of you have worked hard and, and only to lose it, only to spend it on that which you cannot, that does not profit. You, you, you spend it on all kinds of things making, trying to make yourself happy and that ain't enough. And then you get credit cards that make you act like you're earning three times what you really are earning. And, and you've got three times the debt piled on your head than you actually make. So by the time the paycheck comes, it's already gone. How do you stop this foolishness? What you do is you say, halt. 
When that dime comes, when that paycheck comes, I don't care. Holler Macy's, holler Bloomingdale's, holler Neiman Marcus, holler, 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 holler Fifth Avenue, holler. But you ain't getting none today. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my dime out. I gotta get that dime out. Of, I gotta get that dime out of my bank. Why? Because that dime for you becomes poison, but that dime for him becomes a blessing for you. Look at your name. Some of you are holding up your own blessing. And if you've been doing it, if you've not been conscientious about it, God wants you to be conscientious about it because what's coming in our nation is going to make you mindful about your money. You hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you now so you can, you can do it this week. I know it's kind of hard to face. It was hard for Carolina to face. You know, I'd take an all in bills and I'm stuffing them in the drawer until he couldn't get no more in there. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to see it because it looked depressing to me. I wasn't making enough. Negroes wasn't giving no money for tithes. I'm trying, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I was working lands, I was working landscaping, bro. I was digging up ditches, stepping on bees, getting stung, running across the lawn. Black man running across the lawn, running from the bees. I'm, 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 I heard, I'm running. I heard, what's that? I'm stepping in dog poop. I'm, I'm, I'm doing landscaping. Trying to make enough to feed my family because I was responsible because daddy made me know you are responsible. She ain't you. Oh, yeah, he's always quiet. And so I said, I got to feed these, I got to feed these folks. And them boys, if you don't believe it, look at Christopher now. These, these Negroes can eat. Lord have mercy. And here I was, a young pastor, pastor of the church, trying to do a business, doing landscaping, trying to make ends meet. Until God said, you got to take care of that dime, boy. You take care of that dime. Teach the people to take care of the dime. I'll take care of you, and I'll take care of the people. God knows that's the truth. And many of you who are still here today are in a much better condition than you ever were because you honor the dime. And now here we are in a new revolution, in a new era, in a new doorway, in a new season, and God brings us back to square one. Look at your neighbor and say, take care of that dime. When you do that, the Lord said, I will destroy. He says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer and the, and the devourer. The devourer will not destroy the fruit. Some of you have planting. Some of you have got investment. Some of you have had things in the ground that, are, that you're waiting to grow. You want to grow, but they can't grow because you didn't take care of the dime. That dime is cursing. That dime, you think if you invested more. Whoever taught you, you can live more on 100% than 90%. I'm going to tell you something. Here's the way the kingdom works. You can live a whole lot more on the 90 than you can the 100. If you give him the 10, he'll, oh, he'll, stretch, that he'll stretch that 90. He'll multiply that 90. Are you all hearing what I'm saying to you? And he said, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. You're not, your fruit is not going to come before it's time. Things that you planted, there's a, God has a timing to his harvest. If a harvest comes too quick and the weather's not right, it gets destroyed. God says, I'm going to make sure that what you planted out there, all the, the works of projects, I'm going to watch over them. And they'll come forth in their season. And produce what they're supposed to. That's part of the blessing of you taking care of the tenth. Wait, i got to end it up now. Check this out. Your father, ooh-wee. 
will keep your vine from casting its fruits before the time. That's what I just said. And he said, all the nations, say all the nations, will call you blessed. What? Okay, you want to, I'll say it another way. All the other ethnic groups, all the other ethnic groups, nations, ethnic groups will call you blessed. By the way, among folks of dark colors, there are many ethnic groups among folk, people of dark color. Everybody who's skin dark ain't the same culture. Y- y- have y'all learned that yet? Okay, so I need to take you, I need to take you another level. By the way, he, and this helped me because this, this, this might help you. It might deliver you during this season. That the way God identifies you, God does not identify you by your color. <laughs> does not look and say, oh, that's my black man right there. Did you know God don't do that? Did you know that God is like, oh, that's my black girl? I said, no, that's not the way God identifies you. Some of you can't be promoted because you're leaning on your color. Lord, have mercy today. You should be leaning on your character. God is ready to promote the body of Christ. If you're looking for that to happen because you're black, you missed it. Look at your name and say, you missed it. And those of you who are trying to get into programs and trying to use your color to get into the programs, you missed it too. How many of you know that color is not character? Think, sweetheart, baby, I lost them. How many of you understand that you are not a great lawyer because you're black? You're a great lawyer because you know the law. Lord, somebody. How many of you know you're not a great, you're not a great city councilman because you're black? You're a great city councilman because you have great responsibility, great ethics. You have character and honesty. If you think people are great because of their color, you're going to be deceived all your life. I praise God for what he's done with people of color. But you need to understand from heaven's point of view, that is not the issue. I'm sorry that I lost you right there. I just No, I'm not sorry. I, I, I'm sorry for you. Because until you get this, you, 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 you can only grow in God's kingdom when you understand his way. And when you understand God's way, you, if your hair is kinky, if your hair is no hair, if your hair is long and straight, if your lips are bigger like two frying pans, if, if you got ears that are like elephant ears, if you, if you got a nose that's spread from one cheek to the next, God does not care. He thinks he made you magnificently and by the way those of you who are trying to get these nose jobs yeah i don't know maybe you don't like what you don't like what god did but i promise you sweetheart i promise you you may have a wide nose but if you have a heart of gold god gonna give you a great man he gonna give you a great man bro you might be short duck dark and ugly but if you have a beautiful heart, I want to tell you, a woman don't care. She don't care. You might look like, Lord have mercy. But if you got a heart of gold and you're righteous and you're kind and you're sweet and you're tender and you're generous 
and you're disciplined and you're compassionate. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. You might be, you might be only waist high, but if you all that, she, she walking straight up with like my man. She don't care. Some of y'all lying. Hollywood been lying to y'all. And you, you know why? Because if you have a man that's tall, dark, and good looking, and is a fool, and a liar, and a cheat, you don't, you don't want, you, all of a sudden he becomes the ugliest sin. When, 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 when you have character in your heart, it's a whole different ball game. They don't want to hire you because you look black. They want to hire you because you can do the job, and you can promote the company, and you can make the sale, and you can do the job, and you can promote, you can, you can promote the, 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 the industry you're in. That's why they hire you. The at your neighbor and say, somebody been lying to me. Okay. My wife said I got to quit. Better fire it along with the preacher. Why are you talking this way, Bishop? Because if you understand this from a kingdom point of view, you will understand that God is no respecter of persons. All who come to him in faith and obedience, he will bless you. If any man believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only lamb that whosoever believes in him will not perish in the desert but have everlasting life. In the place doing the thing that God wants you to do. Look at your name and say, take care of the dying, baby. Uh, on this day, I want you to have a different attitude about it. So, and because we don't do old school, old school was you pulled out your dollars, you counted them, and you put them in the envelope, and you gave them. It's not that, you know, we're almost cashless. We're, we're working toward a, a cashless society. So we have to, we have to, we have to apply it differently. It, 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 you may, it's all, it, much of it is digital. But, but you got, here's what you do. You got to worship God. You got to worship God. He told those people, when you get in the land, I'm going to teach you how to give. I'm going to teach you how to grow. I'm going to teach you how to prosper. I want the first. I want the first dime. Next week, we'll open the season for first fruits. It's different than, than, than the tithe. But right now, I, want, I need you to get that right so the first fruit will count. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to, don't blame God and don't be short of what God has for you. And don't let preaching or negative teaching that, that, that puts down the system that God did and God moved over into the New Testament not for your salvation from hell but from your salvation from the evil of this world the tithe didn't keep you out of hell the tithe keeps you out of hell's way and what's hell's way you're professing to be a believer but you live like you pole, you pole, uh, uh dumb and stupid God wants to make his name great. He wants to change your lifestyle. When the poor hear the gospel, the poor are not poor anymore. Are you there? Okay, so shut up and let's get on with it. Now, when we give our tithe today, I want you to keep 
I want you to keep that in mind. If you if you have if you've not treated that dime like, oh Lord, this first is my worship to you. And I'm gonna honor this first because it represents you. And God sees it. God's angels watch over it. It's it is a big deal when you say, Lord, this is yours. Many of you are getting the picture, so some of you don't wait when you come here, and you don't have to wait. Some of you have a tradition of waiting. We come together and we offer it, and that's good. But whenever you make that choice, make sure God gets his. That's the first principle of the way of the Lord. The first belongs to the Lord. So don't be a thief. Look at them and say, don't be a thief. Don't rob God of his opportunity to make his name great through you. Because when you do this, God, he's the only place in Scripture he says, test me. Wait, 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 wait. Didn't you just say they tested me, saw my works, and didn't know my ways? This is the only time God says, I want you to prove me wrong. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Bow your heads right there where you're sitting. Because some of you need to, in your heart, to say, Lord, I, I'm turning from this right now. I, this is, I'm, I'm making this, I'm making this my way because it's your way. It's just the way I live. As a steward of the kingdom, as a son and a daughter of the kingdom, this is how I do it. When I earn something, when, when something comes into my possession, that I earned or was given to me, I will make sure that the Lord gets a tenth of it. Some of you have never thought about this. People come and give you a $100 dress and you never gave God his tithe because you didn't fix the value to it. You're living like a slave. It's a whole different attitude now. That's why he says bring in the whole tithe. Okay, we'll pick it up next week. And your head is bowed, Father, I just thank you that you're speaking to your people and, and, the, and they respond. And Lord, I'm, I'm just so grateful for your provision that's so incredible, so abundantly above and beyond. I thank you, Lord, for those who, who take it seriously. I thank you for those that will repent for not believing you for coveting wanting more than they're willing to be responsible for thank you for deliverance from the slave mentality and we rise as sons and daughters and stewards of your kingdom we're proud of that we thank you for it it's in Jesus name father that I thank you that some are now ready, they're, they're stepping into their position because they're stewarding what you've given. I praise you for them in Jesus' mighty, matchless name. God's people said amen.